the three e-commerce capabilities that we have. So EDI, Punch-Out and Custom Catalog. If we want to do B2C, it's a completely different way of handling things in terms of how quickly we dispatch orders, the payment offering. This website is not going to replace what you do. It may change the nature of how you do it, but we still need customer care. Welcome to the e-commerce experience, the podcast that turns you into an e-commerce expert. Your host, Andrew Rodgenkamp, shares his wealth of B2B and B2C business experience to take you on an e-commerce adventure. Each month, you'll hear from industry experts and meet people just like you, looking to take their business to new heights online. Welcome to the e-commerce experience. This is episode eight, and this week we're having a chat to Bree Vernon Cox, who's the e-commerce manager for a company called Bunzel Safety. So quite a large company here in Australia that um, is dealing largely um, with uh, safety products and into some very large businesses, uh, some of the largest companies in Australia and the world, in fact. So yeah, we um, have a chat to Bree, and we just talk about a lot about B two B e-commerce. To be honest. Here's the chat. Okay, Bree, thanks for joining us and we really appreciate your time. Can you tell me a little bit about Bunzel Safety's business? Yeah, so um, Bunzel Safety is actually made up of two parts or two divisions. Um, so we've got our, our direct-to-customer um, component, which is the Bunzel Safety side. Um, and then we've also got our reseller side, where we supply products to resellers who on-sell our products to customers. So it's an interesting dynamic to have the, the both of those. Um, and then within our direct side, our business is formed from businesses that have been sort of brought up and bought into Bunzel Safety. Right, so we also had Robertson's. Yeah. lifting and rigging. Um, we had WorkSense uh, workwear. And so it's sort of been um, a few companies over time rolled up into one. And yeah, that's been an interesting challenge, even in terms of like web presences and things like that. But that's briefly um, a little bit about what makes up our company. But we do safety supplies, everything from footwear, workwear, PPE, as well as lifting and rigging, height safety, and so, yeah, it's sort of head to toe as well as environmental um, and site safety and everything in between. Okay, sounds good. So, I, I always say uh, PPE was a term that uh, not many people knew what it meant six months ago, but I think uh, everybody knows what PPE <laughs> means these days. It's interesting how yeah. that's come into the front. You know, you can hear on the news um, something about PPE supplies and, you know, if you, uh, if you said that six months ago, nobody had any now, idea yeah. what you're talking about. <laughs> so, in terms of e-commerce, how long, you know, has Bunzel Safety been active? Uh, Active in e-commerce, and you know, how did the journey start? Yeah, so Bunzel Safety in Bunzel Safety, because before there was the Bunzel Safety, as I said, there were the other sort of companies. Um, I think the Bunzel Safety website it predates my time with Bunzel Safety, but I think it's probably around the five-year mark. Um, I think of Bunzel Safety specifically, but before that, there was the Robertson's website, yep. which was an e-commerce site, and I believe that was uh, worked on with you guys with Commerce Vision as well, um, and so that was prior to the five years that Bunzel Safety has sort of um, had a web presence, that one was around and there was also the WorkSense one that there was a limited web offering with that. So it's sort of been evolved where it is now yeah, okay. um, over over that period of time. 
And so there's, you, you've obviously got a B2B side in there and a B2C side? Yeah, that's right. So uh, we do have uh, B2C capabilities. So someone can immediately sign up and pay for stuff with their credit card. It isn't something that we actively pursue. Because there's a lot of players in that market like RSEA and stuff like that that have got bricks and mortar. So That's right. Yeah. And also um, as, as a business, and this is something that I've um, spoken about internally with my teams as well, if we want to do B2C, uh, it's a completely different um, way of handling things mm. in terms of how quickly we dispatch orders. The, it's got to be a different consumer offering. journey and all of that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah and mm. so if if we want to do it, we need to do it properly. It's not something you can sort of um, just have off to the side. You need to be actively working towards it. Um, mm. And if we want to do that, that's that may be something that we choose to do in the future. But for the moment, it's there. But our main priority and um, the, the customers that we really want to service are our, our B2B. Right, okay. And it sounds like in terms of B2B, you've really got, and I speak about, I think it was in my very first podcast, those two flavours of B2B. You've got that wholesale and distribution one, and then that one where you're dealing directly with customers that are consuming those products in in their um, you know business as usual, in their MRO type spend and things like that. Yeah, that's right. And so um, the what we see a lot of on the um, our reseller side, our B2B, I'm not even sure what if there's a, a different acronym for that, but our B2B reseller side, yep. they're um, often smaller sort of stores. They might have um, a few stores in their chain, but generally it's the people on the shop floor that are also doing the ordering um, and our reps are in contact with them. And then uh, conversely, on the other side, the um, B2B were it's um, the, the really big companies um, you're dealing with safety managers or you might be dealing with procurement managers and things like that so very different expectations very different ways of using our sites and very different things that they want to get out of it as Mm. well Mm. so you talked a little bit about before about that b2c thing where to you know go for that b2c market you've really got to do it properly so i often bang on about the differences between b2b and b2c you know, how do you see the differences in, in B2B and B2C? It's not really yeah. just, you know, accepting an order on an account, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's hugely different. And probably before I had this role, I'd done some B2B, but it was more in a, a reseller capacity or selling to very small sort of businesses that were using the products for themselves. And so before I got to this level, I probably would have thought, oh yeah, there's some differences, but can it really be that different? Mm. Uh, And it is, it Mm. is, it is. Uh, There's no two ways about it. It's very different. Um, And so for me, um, some of the differences uh, for B2C versus B2B, B2B, the expectations um, around the capabilities, the site needs to do so many more things that you just wouldn't even um, sort of think about. Whereas with B2C, some of the expectations are more around shipping, lead times, payment options, discount codes. It's sort of like uh, in B2C, I think the site really controls the narrative of what you want to deliver. Whereas what I've seen in B2B is often the customers controlling the narrative of what they want to do if if you want their business. Yeah, yeah, there's, there's definitely that. And also, uh, so much of the important functionality is behind the scenes. It's not immediately obvious. Mm. With our website, the things that it can do, it's um, sort of a tip of the iceberg situation. You can see some of it, but you won't really understand its full capabilities until you're in using a specific setup or you're being talked through the options for X, Y, and Z. Whereas yeah. with a, a B2C site, you can get a gauge pretty quickly 
if it's going to be a good site, if it's going to work for you, it's it's pretty straightforward. Mm. Whereas that's not at all the case with a lot of the things that we do. And yeah, so even some of our B2B customers, they'll be on a specific type of offering. They'll be seeing their site in one specific way and it's really complex. And that's just, just one of the things that we can do. Uh, a different company has a completely different setup with different options and, and things like that. Yeah. And I think some, you know, one of the things that people don't often realise is, is the fact that the site's been shown to them in such a simple way that oh that's my price and I'm only see- they don't realize that they're only seeing the products that they're allowed to see and that there's you know 2 million business rules in the back end working all that out in you know 400 milliseconds so and all the yeah and all the tiny little things even down to you know one customer doesn't want their users to be able to enter their own address and another user might want them to be able to enter their address but it needs to have rules applied to it about not allowing po boxes and things like that yeah. and multiply that times hundreds of customers and yeah. each one has their very own specific set of needs it's really interesting and different combinations of those things like we want x but we don't want y whereas someone else wants x and y mm. but not Zed and, and things like that. Yeah, so, yeah. Interesting. So, are you using that capability to drive new business? Yeah, absolutely. So, we recently released some flyers and they basically talk about the three e-commerce capabilities that we have. So, EDI, Punch-Out and Custom Catalogs. And they were to equip our sales team um, when they're speaking to new customers. They've sort of got like a one-page takeaway that explains just some of the options that we've got. And obviously, there are combinations of all of those things. But it is a really good selling point to new business. And sometimes I'm involved um, with discussions with some of the uh, potential customers. Yeah, especially around um, Punch-Out and things like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's something I think, especially in a B2B capacity, a lot of companies don't fully grasp it or aren't doing it to the same extent that we are or possibly, you know, they've got the capacity but they don't have someone that can sort of talk through it in the way that I can, mm. which you know, not to over sort of oversell myself, but I think one of my strengths is because I'm not a developer, I'm not technically skilled in that way to that extent, I know enough to know how much I don't know about mm. that, but also understand from a customer point of view what they're trying to get at, what they really care about. And making that translation uh, between the two, I think, is important um, and something that you can't really overlook as a business. You really need your technical people. They need to make the things happen. Yep. And you need you know, your customer care, but you sort of need someone, which I feel is where I can come in, that sort of understands between the two enough tech technical to let you know that we can do it, but not so technical that it goes over your head. Yeah. I think finding that balance for new business is important. And I think from that salesperson's point of view there too is is that they – how do I say this, being nice to salespeople – is that they <laughs> – you know, having somebody there like you that can say, yes, here's our capability, I think gives the customer a lot of confidence rather than a salesperson saying, yeah, we can do anything you want in e-commerce. We've got a fantastic e-commerce website. <laughs> Not That's- really knowing what they're promising there and just talking in generics. But, you know, if, if I was if I was a purchasing manager for BHP and, and they had somebody like you come in and say, here's our capability and you started talking about punch out and all of these custom catalogs and all this sort of stuff, you'd start to go, yeah, these, these guys know their e-commerce. 
Yeah, and, and that they've got people there that can actually sort of make it happen. And one of the things that we talk about with our sales team and one of the reasons that I'm increasingly more involved in those initial conversations is sales teams are fantastic at what they do at selling us, selling our products and things like that. Mm. But there's also a risk of them overselling what we can do or even it's not even necessarily overselling it but just not understanding the the bounds of what well, we even can underselling even 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 yeah you know, that's not right saying that's, that, you that's know, exactly did you know we have punch out did you know we can give you a custom catalog we can tailor it we can you know have all these controls uh about yeah. what your users do and also interpreting um what customers think they want or they think is important and saying, well, it won't necessarily look like that, but you will get this, which will give you this instead, and that will allow you to do all of that. And it turns out to be even better than what they thought. Yeah, exactly. Just skinning the cat a different way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. So, often, you know, people think about you know, I've spoken to people in the past that'll go, oh, I don't know about a B2B e-commerce website. I don't, I don't see it increasing my sales. And often it, you know, it can increase sales. You can sell on the back of an e-commerce website on your capability. Um, and, and one of the things I see it doing is is that sometimes price doesn't come into play when you're selling on relationship and capability because you don't want to be in a race to the bottom with price. But the other thing that an e-commerce site can do is have drive cost savings in that supply chain, not just for Bunzel, but also for the customer? Yeah. Uh, So, I think a a cool example for us is uh, we currently supply a local council with all of the workwear for their staff. And we've recently, before they were either calling up the specific branch that's supplying them with this staff or they'd be submitting paper orders or it would just be a mess of emails and things like that, we've actually got that council to order online. And so what happens is their administrators or whoever in, in the office will speak to the teams that are wearing the uniforms and the boots and things like that. They'll place those orders through our website and then within you know an hour or two they can say to the maintenance person they can say yep head over to the bundle safety branch go make sure that we've selected the right sizes yep. and pick up your uniform within an hour so that's just a, a really cool example of how we've sort of streamlined it and the savings for them in terms of the times and returns or even you know their staffed ordering things in the branch that they their administrators would have maybe said, look, you really only need two shirts. You don't need to be buying 10 shirts and yeah. things like that. All mm. of those sort of um, blowouts in cost and supply. As well as for us, we have a consolidated range um, available to them through the website. So, we can make sure that we keep those items stocked for yeah. them. We can supply it to them faster. It also means that it's easier for our teams to process the orders because they're product codes are correct. They're coming through in the right quantities. Everything is neat and tidy. They're not taking a hand-scrawled email or a form that someone has done a chicken across in the same box and they're like, did they actually yeah. want that? And all of those little things uh, have saved them time. And that's just one very specific example. There's there's so many um, across our supply chain and it's getting you know better all the time. The more people understand our capabilities and how that can translate to their customers You know, from our sales team thinking about those things, mm. I can only see that getting better. Yeah, sounds good. So, you know, I've dealt with lots of B2B sites uh, and still do, and there's different levels of B2B. And I reckon, you know, there's B2B and then there's enterprise B2B. And if you think about all those features, I reckon Bunzel tick off a lot of them. What what sort of features, you know, are you offering in the e-commerce area? Yeah, so we've got, I'd consider 
a pretty full suite of things to offer. Like you said, we've got our punch out, we've got full EDI capabilities, um, we've got custom catalogs. Um, within our custom catalogs, we've got so many features. Obviously, it's something that I'm pretty passionate about because it's something that I do all day, but different levels of approval. So we can say, you know, an administrator is able to order up to X dollar amount, but this user can only order this dollar amount, or we can say that this person's team has to submit their orders to that person to be approved before it can go through. There's all the embroideries. That's like a huge component of what we do so that they can see the embroideries that they're going to get on their workwear so that they can make sure it has the right logos. They can input their name. There's, what else have we got? There's a lot of things that they can do for themselves. So they can do order tracking within their portal. They can um, extract out data about who has ordered what on what date. So So it's more than just the ordering piece. It's more that customer self-service Type yeah, environment. There's, yeah, there's a lot of that because I know even as good as my team is at getting back to inquiries that for myself as a user of other services, if I can do it for myself, that's even better. If I don't have to ask someone, if I can find all the answers for myself, yeah. then then I like that mm. even more. And I, I think having the infrastructure to allow people to do that is even better. Like you need great customer care and, and getting back to people. But if people can do it, you know, they've uh, been out of the office at an impo- appointment all day and they get back and they need to do something at 9pm. Mm. They don't want to have to wait till the next morning for no. you to get back to them that's and right. that you yeah. build that into that system for them. That's that's a huge thing. I've even seen with, um, I don't know if you guys do this, but I've seen a customer do it where they can limit the colours. So, you know, you might have some high vis. And the customer might say, I only want this mine to have orange high-vis. And yeah. interestingly, I know why that is now. So, I wow. have uh, one of the guys that recently started in our business uh, worked at uh, Tarong Power. And he said the, the reason they do that is is that they, they know when somebody's on site as to what colour high-vis they're wearing, whether they're an employee or a contractor. That's really interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we definitely have a lot of that. So, within our custom catalogs, that's something that we do, uh, colour exclusion. So, for example, um, we have one customer and on one of their sites, they're only allowed orange navy high-vis, but one of their other sites are only allowed yellow navy high-vis. Yeah. And so, having those uh, colours locked down is that's something that I probably could have never have conceived of before mm. I started working in this role is that it's, the business it's, rules are mind-boggling aren't it's, they? it's yeah and the different combinations of that and this one is allowed to have brown boots but this one's only allowed to have black boots and this this site is allowed to have a choice they're very fancy they're allowed to have whatever right, okay. they'd like out of this selection interesting and so having that lockdown and making sure that those users are only buying what they're allowed to and as you said it's essentially a safety thing as well mm. so that they know that this is someone who belongs to our site or if someone Someone rocks up on site and they're not wearing the right thing, yep. then they know that they potentially don't belong there. And so, those color exclusions and also just a, an added layer of complexity to that that I always love is that on the orange navy uniforms, we have the red version of our logo, but on the yellow navy, we have the green version of oh, our logo. So, okay, yeah. So, you can't mix embroider- different embroideries have to go with different color shirts. So, if you choose an right, orange, yeah. you can only choose this embroidery. 
That's right. And, and having that linked up so that the customer doesn't have to think about it for themselves so that, you know, the, um, the person, if they're ordering for themselves, they don't have to go, oh, which one am I allowed to have? And locking that in for them so that they're always selecting the right thing. We don't need to deal with returns that way. Yeah. We don't need to worry about all of those sort of things. Locking that down to make it as easy and as seamless um, as possible. Um, that's a, a big part of what we do um, mm. and a really interesting part as well, I yeah. think. Yeah. It's um, often when I talk about e-commerce, there's nowhere to hide with e-commerce. So, you know, sometimes you'll come to a business and you'll go, you know, I've even seen one business that we talked to once where we said, okay, how do you do your pricing? Oh, the reps just know the pricing for the customer. And I just said, well, uh, that's not going to fly <laughs> in an e-commerce yeah, site. No. You know? <laughs> so, there's there's a whole lot of things that I see in e-commerce site that actually brings in disciplines into the back end that you would have never had had you have not exposed those things to your customers because it's got to be defined it's got to be it's got to be you know set in a system somewhere and obeyed and previously that was just in people's heads or you know when you when when so and so orders make sure you don't do this and make sure you do this but that's all defined now and that's a that's a big thing that even though I look after e-commerce, that's also something that I, I talk about just with our internal teams and that system that we use, Pronto and things like that. I always say that nothing should have to rely on someone remembering it because people get new jobs. What if mm-hmm. what if someone wins the lotto tomorrow and they're yeah. not here to teach them? Or half the office isn't there. <laughs> They've all yeah, that, that's <laughs> what if there's all of those things. So yeah. we should we should build our system so that it functions no matter what. It's not reliant uh, because. Even if someone um, stays within the team, you, they might have a lot on their mind that day. We don't want our systems to operate like that. We want things documented. We want things built into the rules. We want all of those things to flow so that they can't be left out, so yeah. that the experience is consistent mm. always. Yeah, 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 yeah. So what are the, some of the challenges you've had with e-commerce over the years? Something that I've um, found sort of my whole career is getting – everyone in a business to buy into the importance of it mm-hmm. and having that I don't need everyone to have the same level of digital literacy that I do but I need them to understand its importance and not just think it's a fun thing that you do on the side or it's an afterthought or something like that it needs to be built into the the basis of who you are as a business and what you care about and what you think is important and so I think part of that as well is is education like if people can't see the importance of something have you as the e-commerce person done enough to talk about the benefits or the savings or the uh, those sorts of things so I think it's it's two-sided mm. but I think it's getting better but it's yeah it's definitely something that I've I've come up against and just getting people to care. I don't need them to necessarily care as much as I do, but just enough so yeah. that it's it's important to the business. I think over the years, like many years ago, um, sales reps in particular would see an e-commerce site as the enemy. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's really changing now where they see e-commerce sites as really a weapon in their armory that they can yes. take to help them sell and to help them not discount. And, you know, I've never seen a sales rep lose their job because an e-commerce site's been implemented. And that's what I, I say all the time to uh, – so we spend a bit of time, we do internal training sessions with our sales and customer care teams and I do those um, every six weeks or so as well as, you know, lots of little one-on-one and one-off sort of things when someone's um, going to be talking to a customer or they're trying to do something. That's a, a huge part of my job. And I always say 
this website is not going to replace what you do. It may change the nature of how you do it, but we still need customer care. I shop online more than anyone, I think. <laughs> and I, if, uh, if a site doesn't have good customer care, doesn't have good salespeople, it, it's not a good site to me. If yeah, I don't exactly. have that, it's just sort of changing the nature. So I definitely know that our website has been able to relieve our customer care teams because a lot of time what they were doing was sort of manual order entry. Yeah, um, waste of time. That's the, yeah, it's mm. not customer care and that's what their skill set is. Mm. Good customer care is so important and you don't have the mental or physical resources to do, to devote to that if you're just, you know, punching in quantities into yeah. into Crazy. a screen. So, mm. uh, that's really important as well. And so, um, I include that as part of every training session. Look, this is why we're doing this, even though, you know, it may reduce the number of calls you get about manually putting in an order, you're still going to get the customers that want to know lots of things. They want advice about what product to choose, especially because a lot of what we do is quite technical. Yeah. That They want to know, well, I've got these two things, so can you tell me how I'd best use X versus Y? And uh, yeah, that's that's a really important thing for everyone to understand as well. Cool. So, one of the things I often get asked is, what sort of skills am I going to need in my business to make e-commerce work? You know, what's your opinion on that? Are we talking about um, as an e-commerce person? Like if you're... Yeah, so if I'm if I'm starting, if, if I'm new to e-commerce, so I want to do B2B e-commerce, I want my customers to start ordering online, do I need to go out and find a, a digital person or is it a e-commerce person or, or, or is it somebody with a mix of all of those skills really? Yeah, so I think if you're brand new starting out and your business is relatively small, you can start on a, a smaller scale. You could um, get someone who has, it, it depends, I suppose, on do you have a site already? Are you just yeah. starting out there? There's lots of things to consider, but I think having someone that gets digital, and I know that's a pretty broad thing, but you can ask questions like, does this person shop online themselves? What sites do they love? What sites do they hate? Mm. That's always – so that's um, when I've uh, interviewed people to, to bring into my team. That's actually a question that I ask. What sites don't you enjoy and why don't you enjoy them? And those answers are really interesting and telling. I think also – tangentially if you can have someone who and you can do this in a contract basis as well but graphics graphic design and things like yep. that it's it can't all just be you know sort of fluff and images but at the same time you'll be let down if your site doesn't have a professional feel to it mm. so graphics is important and in terms of the the digital person that you're looking for it's not necessarily a specific one title or one name of a skill or anything like that, you really do need to talk to them. But you want to be um, things like digital, e-commerce, sometimes uh, digital marketing or things like that. That can bring you someone that has something um, or someone who has a strong background in data organization but yeah. also has a little bit of a leaning towards digital and things like that that can be quite helpful. They uh, might have worked in customer care, but they've always had um, a passion for doing the digital side of things. Yeah, it's it's not uh, the most straightforward thing. No, and I think, I think it sort of speaks to the fact that, you know, e-commerce projects are company-wide projects. They're not, yeah. you can't silo. It's not like uh, installing a new server that's purely an IT project. It's e-commerce, yeah. 
hits can hit everybody from you know sales to marketing to um to to even accounts receivable in terms of category category you know merchandising and all of that so e-commerce is really you know i guess that exposure of your business to your customer through a digital platform and therefore by definition everybody there's skills across all elements that need to be uh, taken into account. And it's yeah. very much the e-commerce role is, you know, working with those teams to ensure that what you're delivering to the customer is is good for the customer and good for your business as well. Yeah, and being able to take, I think, something um, that I find is important is being able to talk to the people in the different things and explain to them why you need this thing from them, what it will end up looking like, yeah. those sort of things really get people on board Mm. and understand I'm not just asking you to do this thing for the sake of it or we're not just doing this so that we can store it on a spreadsheet and never look at it again. This is where it's going to end up. This is what we're doing with it. And getting um, a little bit of excitement about it Mm. uh, really helps people want to contribute. And um, you're exactly right. I spend, well, not that we're in the office anymore, but um, when we were, especially uh, when I first started, um, every uh, every end of the building, uh, down into the warehouse, even seeing how things go out, seeing what our packaging looks like, everything like that, what is included in our packages, you really do have to be across all areas of yeah, it and, yeah. uh, and understand it at least. Mm, sounds good. Hey, Bree, thanks very much for taking the time out to talk to us today. Your, your knowledge is invaluable. I always enjoy chatting with you about uh, e-commerce. We're e-commerce nerds. Uh, yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> Thank um, you so much for asking me. It's been really good to um, be able to talk about these things. Um, clearly, I talked for a long time about all of it i'm I'm passionate about it all right thanks brie see ya well i hope you enjoyed that chat with brie about e-commerce i think she certainly has a great knowledge of b2b e-commerce and why it's uh very different from b2c and how the customers are different and um really you know what what sort of things you should be looking at uh with with a a really true enterprise level uh b2b e-commerce application That's it for this month. Um, Probably won't be doing another podcast until uh, the new year now. We're coming into uh, the Christmas period. So um, thanks very much for listening to the podcast this year and uh, we'll see you back next year. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on the e-commerce experience. If you found today's episode valuable, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on our upcoming shows.